And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, or I should say your co-host. See, I, I always do that. <laughs> but I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my partner, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. Blake, it's a good day today. Did you, uh, or not a, necessarily a reason for it to be a good day, but did you see the response from Lou Holtz, what he said to Ryan Day? Dude, I was geeking when I read that because – Everyone's all like, oh, poor Lou Holtz, poor Lou Holtz. Everyone's uh, – Ryan, Ryan Day didn't need to go after him, and I kind of agreed with that sentiment. Like, Lou Holtz is a coaching legend, and he's an older guy. He's 87, blah, blah, blah. But for the the swinging dick that he came back with to basically say, like, I don't care what you have to say. You're 0-2 against Michigan in the past two years. You know, you can say whatever you want. I thought that that was so perfect. Well, so in, in fairness – I didn't. I did not take what Ryan Day said. Like I was like, well, you you ever, you ever watched Cat Williams stand up? Yeah, I have. And there was a there's a, one of them where uh, uh, Cat Williams like shouldn't been talking shit. And quite honestly, if you're gonna bring Lou Holtz up there and he's gonna say that a team's not physical enough, and he and look, it's if it was Lee Corso who you know cognitively can't you know like really comprehend yeah. what's going on i would have yeah. been okay but you can't go on national television live on espn and say your Who team's not physical he didn't really say anything that in like, joe that bad, blue holtz came out on pat McAfee's show and said the reason that he can't win big games is because they lack physicality and he's not wrong no okay he's not, he's not wrong but then he turns around on saturday and re- wins a really physical game, and then the last big game that he played, he probably should have beaten Georgia if it wouldn't have been for the mailman Stetson Bennett that you hate so much. Sure, but I will say that the counterpoint provided by Lou, which I didn't even think we were going to get, I thought that it was just going to be silence and that we were going to move on, uh, was just a very, very hilarious return from an 87-year-old man. I agree. I agree. All right, we got a lot to discuss. Duke. Yep. Notre Dame, Oregon State, and Utah. The Utes are going to hate me, man. They already don't like you. They already don't like the yeah, your, don't like your projection on them. Yeah, maybe because I don't, you know, agree to polygamy. Uh, LSU <laughs> and Ole Miss. We'll talk about, and then we'll give our picks uh, here tonight. Look, there are some other games I'm really intrigued about this weekend. I'm really, really intrigued about Florida and Kentucky. I'm really intrigued. Because Kentucky has not played anybody, but if they win, they're the second team. You could make the argument, depending on how Georgia looks against Auburn this weekend, mm. it is can you know can Kentucky slip into something? You know, a new a New Year's Six Bowl that they're not supposed to be in. They have played nobody. No. Florida defensively and the non-passing portion of things, they look really good defensively, and the statistics back that up. Also. Texas A&M and Arkansas, the Max Johnson regime takes back over out there in College Station. Eighth-year quarterback, lefty Max Johnson. Dude, how long has he been playing college football? Since since 2020. He's a junior. Is he a true junior? Yeah, he's a true junior. He's that young? Wait. No, he would be a senior. You're right. He no. No, I mean, no, he played 2020, 2021. Oh, no, he's a he's a he's a fourth year senior. 
Yeah, yeah, fourth year. He's senior. listed as a sophomore on. Well, because he had the COVID year, and then he got redshirted. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, I don't just, know why he's one of those bro, guys. He can play. He can play the rest of this year and two more. He could be here six years. Why is he still at Texas A&M? Oh, I guess he can't. Well, his brother's in. there, and he can't transfer yeah. until he graduates. But look, it's his. It's his team now. He can come in here and play good. I'm interested about that game. And Joe, I got to admit, Texas, Kansas. Uh oh. What about it? I'm taking Texas to win. Okay. I am going to take Kansas to cover. Well, as one should, it's a 17-point spread. That's a ridiculously wide spread when Kansas won last year. I put money on that. I put money on that. I think that that game is going to be closer than a lot of people anticipate. This isn't going to be a Oregon versus Colorado deal, man. This is two really good football teams. Two really f- good football teams, and one of them is has been underrated, as we talked about in that preview we did on Monday. This is why I'm intrigued about this game, But and Chris alluded to it. I was going to allude to it when we had our picks. If Kentucky wins and Georgia wins, it sets up both teams being 5-0 and going into next week. Oh, my God. That would be the most hilarious 5-0, and 5-0 and matchup because Kentucky would get their, would their they? head knocked off. Would they? Kentucky is not – Kentucky is very – you said about, it. They're very overrated. Worried. They are, but I'm not worried about Kentucky. Brother, they're, they're, no, Georgia has a tight end as their starting running back. They have two walk-on – they are beat the hell up. Everybody keeps talking are. about Georgia. They are beat the hell up. And I will tell you, I don't care who you are. I don't. If Alabama had to do this during the Saban dynasty – when you're having to start walk-ons because you're – I mean, that – look, man. I mean – They are dealing with injury. They, I will admit that they, they are, are dealing beef. with – McConkey, Mahonky, I haven't even been able to say Lad Mahonky all year yet. He hasn't been playing. You're right. You are you are right. I think, though, a battered Georgia team still kicks the crap out of this Kentucky team because Probably. this Kentucky team is worse than last year. They, they don't look as dynamic. Like last no, year, they they're better offensively juice. than last year. They're better offensively. Dude, last year, Will Levis looked like ass cheeks. Yeah, but that's Will Levis. And, okay. Okay, there you go. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I have a new NFL football team. Oh, you've gotten rid of the Saints? No, not yet, but I'm who's close. Your, who's your new team? I'm going to bite the kneecaps off to get to Detroit. You're going to – why? I love Dan Campbell, man. So it's the connection of him being a former Saints coach. You're just going right No, to- not really. So remember a while back I told you that I wanted to play Madden. I hadn't played video games in a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, so Ben made me be the blue team. Just so happened the blue team was the Lions – and oh. I got to admit, they got some weapons, man. Jamar Gibbs, you know, um, Anamon St. Brown, you know, Reynolds. They got some weapons, so we'll see. All right. That's fine. You're not here to listen about that. You're here to listen about college football. So let's do just that. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Joe, we are killing it on the tube. Mm. How does everybody watch it and listen to it? And you don't subscribe. If you haven't done so already, do us a favor by hitting that subscribe button 
and notification bell wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And wherever you listen to, or if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, 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 welcome. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We got a lot to discuss. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! You know who's not back? Who? Washington. Defensively, they rank in the 90s in a lot of defensive statistical categories, and they still yet to play anybody. I will tell you right now, in a couple weeks, when Oregon goes to Seattle, give me the Ducks quack quack in that hoe. Do do you know that they are like disproportionately blowing out and also leading in every single you know one that of their they're games the worst season? team in the Pac-12 and giving up first downs on defense, and they still haven't played anybody yet. That's uh, it's a cherry picked stat. I I'm I Joe, really how think can that... I ch- how can I cherry pick them allowing first downs defensive? How can I cherry pick that? D- that's a fine stat to pull. That's a fine stat, but they're also playing their backups for half of these games. They're giving up a lot of garbage yardage in a bunch of these games. Let's pull up their passing stats. Let's pull up their rushing stats. Let's pull up their yards per completion stats. They're at the top of every passing category, and their defensive line's good. So we'll we'll get to prove where they fit. Quack quack! I'm coming in that week with the flying V. I might buy an Oregon shirt just to wear on the show. I might go to Home Field Apparel and get use the uh, the promo code Rafino and Joe Rafino Joe and get me an Oregon shirt. Quack quack in that hoe. But we're here to talk yes right now about Duke and Notre Dame redemption story. Could be brewing, maybe not redemption, but uh, as the Gen Zers like to call a clap back for Notre Dame this week. You got a clap back, Joe. You I said it earlier. You literally said it earlier. I oh, I can't believe Lou Holtz clapped back at Ryan Day. Did I? I, I don't. I didn't realize that the, that word came out of my mouth. And maybe I, maybe I am younger than I think I am. Continue. You are. You're hipper than you think you are, <laughs> Jay Z. Here's the thing about Duke and Notre Dame, why I do think I agree with you that this game could get out of hand a little bit late, not early. I think Notre Dame is pissed. Look, I, I don't have to talk X's and O's. I think Notre Dame is pissed off. They have something that they need to prove. Going to North Carolina, going to Duke can do that to shut people up around them. But if you do want to get into it, Joe, Duke – we look at them when they went against Clemson, and we do this with teams that come out of nowhere that you're not really expecting to be great or good or really good. Like, Duke has been down for so long, so when they beat Clemson week one, everybody mm. freaks out because it's on a Monday night. It's a standalone game. 
They're now undefeated going into this game. College game day will be there this week. I don't think it matters. They, the perception is, is defensively, they are elite. Like, I've heard that word a couple times. Well, they have been in scoring defense. Let me tell you what's interesting about Duke. They are fourth in the country in scoring defense. But in between the 20s, they are one of the worst teams in the country at giving up first downs, third down conversions. Joe, they are 95th in the in the country in third down conversions. There is a part of me that thinks that Notre Dame's going to march off in here and really put it really put it on to the Dukies. But this is what I want to see. Mississippi State a couple of weeks ago played LSU and did not open up at all and tried to run the football a lot against a team that you're probably not going to be able to run the football long consistently. Last week against South Carolina, they threw the ball 48 times. I don't want to see this BS from Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame football. I want to see you go in there with your bearded Jesus that you called Sam Hartman and let him let it rip. You remember when Russell Wilson was in Seattle and they used to say, let Russ cook? Let Sam cook. I'm serious. Let him go. Joe, if you walk out of there and he doesn't have 35 passing attempts, you're doing everything Mm. that the book and analytics tells you not to do. I know you got to get Estimate involved. I know you got to get this running game involved. Let Sam Hartman get cooking before you get to USC in a couple of weeks. What says you? So to hit on first, the Notre Dame passing attack, that's what I want to see from them in this game, regardless of score. I want to see them open things up. Allow your star quarterback, the guys that, the guy that's been in the Dove commercials, got the Beats by Dre sponsorship, <laughs> all this stuff, let him throw the ball 30 times. Even if you're up big, just keep throwing the ball. We need to start get a, getting a feel for this offense. At least you know in I, between the 20s, right? Yeah, like, you know, at least let him move the football. You know what I found really interesting that I found out? They're What's actually that? 16th in the country in yards per reception. They're actually one of the most explosive offenses in the country. They're just not throwing the ball that much. They're one of the, the, the lowest frequencies of offenses to throw the football. They've got everything to work. They're just not doing it. Jared Parker needs to be more aggressive, but to to lean into where I think this game is going to play out, I think that they're pissed off that they're going to come in and and do whatever they can to prove everybody wrong that might still be downing them, uh, to take all their frustrations out on Duke. I look back at the Clemson game that you talked about and you brought up. That was a good win for Duke, but it was a little bit of a fluky one as well. And what I mean by that is that they took advantage of a lot of silly mistakes made by Cade Klubnik in that Clemson offense that set them up to win that game 28-7. to Despite that being that lopsided, they still gave up over 200 yards rushing. Notre Dame has one of the best rushing offenses in the country. They're going to show up in this game. They're going to get their running backs involved early. They're going to rotate Jeremiah Love, Audrick Estime, all those guys in. They're going to run for big chunk plays. They're going to be able to throw the ball a little bit better once things start to open up. I really do think that this game should be lopsided. If this game for Notre Dame isn't a two-score-plus victory, that is a lack of uh, a lack of aggressiveness on Notre Dame's part and them failing to take advantage of this opportunity for them. They need to win by more than two scores. 
I think this game comes down to one thing, maybe not one thing, but I think it's one of the bigger things in this. Duke is not good at red zone defense. They are elite. They have been elite all year. Joe, there's a reason why they're the fourth scoring defense in the country. It's because when they get close, 35, 30-yard line, you start getting into the red zone, they lock down. Now, well, how I, much of those? How much is that number inflated because of the silly red zone mistakes that comes so in? So let me ask one? you this: How silly is it? Because if I went back and watched well, that, what Duke if it wasn't? It wasn't one of them like a uh, a fumbled exchange or or snap or something by club? Yeah, Nick, but regard regardless, they had to go for it on fourth down multiple times in the red zone. They stopped them all three downs. Like they, I think they had fourth and goal from the seven. Like they kept pushing them back. And it it's I would agree with you it being fluky, Joe, if it hadn't happened every single week since then. Right? Like if if, if it would be yeah. just Clemson, I would say, okay, yeah, sure. That might be a little fluky. But Joe, when it happens everywhere else, then what? Well, they've also played Yukon and Northwestern in this span. So it's Oh, look, all I'm saying is I think that Duke is an underrated team and they're really good defensively because Elko is a fantastic coach. And this is why Notre Dame, like this needs to be emphasized. I'm sitting here saying that Notre Dame needs to, to beat the crap out of them, but they can't overlook them. They can't show up to this game thinking this is Duke. We're going to we're gonna blow yeah, past them. This is basketball school. I just think, though, we have to take everything from Duke with a grain of salt because of who they've played so far. They've looked good in spots. I just don't know how impressed I am. You know, that's that's what I'm getting at. Well, there's the flip side. This can be another statement game for Duke. And the interesting thing about this is, Joe, I do think that there's a path for them to pull the upset. Even though I know that you don't want to hear it, I'm going to say the same thing tonight on this show and on my show about Ole Miss pulling an upset against LSU in Oxford. I do. I just think that Duke is a really tough team. And look, Riley Leonard. You you know, I, I mean, look, man, he's not easy to slow down. Now, can they? Because they're more athletic. Yeah, I, I do think that Notre Dame's defense is legit. I do think they're a really good defense. But man, if they can't keep contain on him, they're going to get eaten alive. If I'm Duke. I'm trying to keep this game as low scoring as possible at home. Joe, they sold out against Clemson. Like their stadium was sold out against Clemson in week one on a Monday. And that place, if you remember that Monday night game, that place got loud. Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I was kind of like, damn, like this is there for real in reference to wanting them to win. Anyway, that it, it's got to be like Duke has got to keep the game a lot like it was last week. Right, like they got to keep it 17 14, 20 to 17. They can't start getting in, in somewhat of a what would be a, a, a shootout, considered that both teams want to run the football. If this game is close, Joe, if if Notre Dame lets them stay around, I, I'm just gonna tell you, Duke, Duke gonna find a way. Now, let me ask you this Mike Elko. You think mm -hmm. that he can pull out some punches knowing the Notre Dame, maybe he recruited some of these kids and I, I think he's – I mean, he didn't really recruit him because he's been yeah. gone for a while. I think he's so far removed. If anything, Elko would have an edge if 
Duke was playing LSU because he'd maybe be able to figure out some of the Brian Kelly wrinkles and and whatnot. But um, I will say, though, that Mike Elko is a really strong defensive coach. So, again, that's to my point of you can't overlook an opponent like this because of Riley Leonard and because of Mike Elko to know that they're going to give you their best shot. They are fighting for relevance in the ACC as we're sitting here talking so much about Florida State Miami on this show. They want to be in that discussion. They want to be in that conversation at the top of the conference. I think you bring up a really good point where if this game does end up being close, that could serve as dangerous for Notre Dame because Riley Leonard, which we saw against Clemson, is hard to contain. That Clemson secondary had no issues holding down that that Duke receiving room because they don't really have any good receivers. No, they, they, only have tight ends. Chip, they only have one blue chip recruit. It's a bunch of nobodies, admittedly, and Riley Leonard didn't have anybody to throw to, but he killed them with his legs because he's a great athlete. He can expand the pocket. He can do a lot of really nice stuff. So that's where I agree with you is that if Notre Dame comes out slow and lethargic, maybe they're just so run down after the Ohio State game that they're just in their own head, whatever it might be. That is where I get I will start to get worried. If this is halftime and it's a one-score game, I'm going to be worried because Riley Leonard's that type of guy that comes out at halftime, starts running all over the place, start causing problems. And historically, for whatever reason, guys like him have caused problems for Notre Dame. And it has been in my nightmares as my time growing up as a Notre Dame fan. See, here's an interesting thing, too, about this game that I don't think that people will think about. But if it is a close scoring game, that means that Marcus Freeman has learned nothing. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that would be Joe, if they win by 10, if they win by 10, mm -hmm. I'm going to come out of that game saying to myself, look, man, he hadn't learned a damn thing about what he needs to do. I look, it just depends how the, that 10 points is. If they, no, if there's like a garbage, no, wait, wait, if there's a garbage no, time no, touchdown at the end of the game, no, like Oregon uh -uh. State Washington, no, BS, come on now. BS, because you can't. I keep hearing everybody and their mama doing it for SEC teams. Oh, Alabama only beat them, you know, Ole Miss. And they had, you know, we talk about Alabama. We talk about all Georgia's look lethargic. They only could beat uh, a South Carolina by 14. You got people wanting to take them out because they only beat a t South Carolina team by 14. So there comes a point, Joe, that you got to start saying, all right, man. All right. And you know what else they'll tell me? I don't think you have enough dudes in that in that offensive room that can beat USC and keep up with them. That's what it will tell me. Yeah. Okay. I I'm gonna ignore that point. Um, but Joe, if if you go back to back weeks against Power Five opponents that are in the top twenty, and you can't separate from a team like Duke, you cannot tell me that you wouldn't be worried going against USC. You can't tell me that. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that there would be some fear that, that gets thrown into the mix because of an, a lack of aggressiveness. I also think that there is a possibility to still win this game and and not feel negative about it if it's close because it was a total energy drain to lose the way that you did against Ohio State. Okay, Sometimes you come back from those games and you're just dead. You're just completely dead. I will say, though, that this game, maybe I don't get any agreements from people on this one. This game reminds me of when Notre Dame played Syracuse last year 
and I believe Syracuse was ranked. Notre Dame was coming off of their loss uh, against Stanford. They beat UNLV, and they went and traveled to Syracuse. And there was all this talk of, well, Syracuse is really underrated. They've looked really, really good. They've got Sean Tucker, who's phenomenal. And they blew the doors off of them. It was 41-24, to 24, and that was with freaking Drew Pine. So I think that that is the type of game that you got to be looking for here is that if you want to recover, take it out on somebody that deserves to be ranked, but your head's above. They are a much better, more developed program than Duke, and they need to take all of their goddamn frustration out on them like they did against Syracuse. I think you're talking about a Notre Dame game and say GD. I don't know, man. Am I not? Is that? Am I not allowed to? I'm not to say, goddamn. Touchdown, Jesus is going to strike you. Is going to strike you, and, and Notre Dame's only winning by ten. Right, maybe that's why they're struggling. I keep saying the Lord's you name. Keep, in you keep saying words you're not supposed to. Really, quickly, <laughs> really, really quickly. I don't want to talk about this. We probably can talk about it at some other time. Mm-hmm. Tez Walker is going to be eligible for postseason play per Matt Z, uh, Matt Zietz of on three. So if they got to a playoff or a bowl game, he'll be eligible. The NCAA rule. How does that make sense? Makes no sense. Makes zero sense. None. Why would he play? Why would he play? If he's going to go to the league, why would he? Why would he play? Risk injury makes no sense. All right, let's 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 talk about this Oregon Utah Utah game. So listen, I am the world's worst on planet Earth on picking Utah. The only time I've ever picked Utah was when me and you did it. Last year, I picked Utah to beat USC uh, in the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, It was the only time I did it. And I got to admit, I want to pick them now. But I just – there's something telling me don't do it every week. Every week. Don't do it. Okay, so let me – I understand what you're saying. And I get it. I had the same thought. It's it's weird putting faith in Utah because th- they just don't have an offense. Their defense is scoring their points for them right now. It's it's almost hilarious to go back and watch Utah play its games because it's one it, it's the defense playing every down basically. They're they're the only reason why that they've won these games. And Nate Johnson's fun. He just can't really do much as a passer because he's a young player and he's still learning on the fly. But are you really going to put your faith in DJU? Are you really going to make this mistake? Are you going to do it? Because he played a good team last week, and he kind of pooped the bed. Like, he really pooped his pants last week. He didn't even go over 200 yards. He threw a pick. He threw one of those whoopsie-daisy type picks that he used to throw where, you know, you I know need what? you to go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. I, I, I pulled up the all 22 I watched it. I pulled up the L22 and there's just a, a mob of dudes. Someone comes near him and he just goes, oh, and then it just gets caught by Washington State's defenders. I don't know who he was going to with that ball, but I, I, I can't trust him. I can't. Am I going to regret saying this? Probably, but well, I can't trust me, him. I will tell you, it makes me feel really good about my pick because every time you've done this, you've done this every single week and the quarterback that you talk about like that they go off this week. So I got to admit, yeah, I do feel good about my pick now in Oregon State. Corvallis does it for me, being okay. in Corvallis, being at home. Look, I love – and I, I, I don't know why. 
This is why I don't like LSU going to Ole Miss. That's why I didn't like last week against Arkansas as an LSU dude. I don't like teams that have a loss and got it and go home the next. Like if I'm if I'm Utah, Oregon State. I mean, look, man, it's winter go home to some extent on what they think that they can do. I do like the coaching staff on both sides in this, but there's gonna come a time. There's going to come a time when Utah's defense isn't going to save them every single week and they're going to need to score points. Is it this one? Is it is it this one? Because, look, I watched Utah last week too, Joe, offensively. Yeah, I know that Utah held UCLA to seven points, and that's fine and dandy with Dante Moore, the freshman. Mm. But, Joe, they can't score. One of their scores, their offense only scored seven. The first play from scrimmage – was a pick six. Offensively, they're anemic. Like, I'm telling DJU, man, listen, get me 14 points. We might have a chance here. Get me 14, 21 points. We might have a chance here. As much as I love Utah's defense, they fly around. They're really – Joe, they might be the best tackling team in the country. Like, they are that – Utah, yeah. I mean, like, if they're around you, you're going down – and an early around sugar, we're going down swinging. But <laughs> good reference. I I just don't know. I, I think Utah's ineptitude to score offensively at some point this year is going to bite them in the ass. Right. That's why I'm a little iffy on this pick. I'm a, I'm very cautious because if someone can turn it on, it might be Oregon State because they, they did that in the second half against Washington State. They turned it on, they flipped the switch, and they kind of tried to crawl back into it, and they scored a garbage-time touchdown to make that score look a little bit more appealing. What is going to be really important for them is getting Deshaun Fenwick, their running back, and some of these other guys going. They've had a really good rushing attack thus far and that's what's opened things up for DJU DJU has this tendency like in all seriousness to evaluate him if things are opened up and things are clean for him and he makes clean decisions he's a good quarterback but when when there's a lot of tight coverage he doesn't know what to do and he makes a lot of just iffy mistakes of forcing the ball to cover guys and he can't be doing that type of stuff but they have to get their run game run game going in order for them to to create some separation in this game i have pause on them being able to do that because utah's run defense up until this point has been the third best in the country yeah they have they have shut down opposing run games and if we look at the ucla game the florida game i mean led to problems was then one too like that's their that's ucla and florida's identity to your point that's a really good point Right. It's not like they're slowing them down. They're completely removing opposing teams' run games. And as a result, their passing games can't pick up the slack. And both those teams, outside of their Utah performances, have been fine. It's it's like a it's like a vacuum when you step in and you play Utah. It is so hard to move the ball against this defense. Jonah Ellis is a really talented defensive end who last game had over five tackles for loss and three and a half sacks. He's really freaking good, and I love Cole Bishop. I just think that Utah defense is is too too great to to discount in this in this battle. Yeah, and they I don't like to pick either. I I do think they're cautious. It's a weird it's, game. It's a weird game because I I agree with you. I actually do agree with you on one quarterback thing. 
No, I do not trust DJU. I, I look. I told you that about my Clemson take last year, or, or really in the offseason, in reference to me just telling you, hey, that's why I thought Kay Klubnik would be good. And look, to the point, Joe, remember the biggest take that I had that people hated the most was that I thought that Clemson's wide receiver room wasn't as bad as people kept saying it was. Joe, did you see them against Florida State last week? Right? Like, we yeah. keep saying, oh, well, it was just Dabo. It was just Dabo. Okay. I'm with you. No, the truth is it's a mixture of both, right? Like, it's been a mixture of both. When I saw Bo Collins go up, climb the ladder against Pinterell Cypress, who likely will be a first-round pick, I'm like, brother, like, okay, they got some dudes. But there's going to be a week, whether it be this one or moving forward, until they get Cam Rising back, buddy, they, the ineptitude to score is a big deal. Right? Like, if you can't score, you're not going to win. They do not have a pulse offensively. Don't let the Florida game on prime time on a Thursday night fool you. Right? Mm. Florida was breaking in a new D coordinator, new guys. That was completely not what Florida wanted to look like, and they have changed their ways. I think it's this week. I think DJU can find a way. Can he? Can this running game? Can this coaching staff get him, get him some easy throws? We'll wait and see. One thing that's interesting about this, if Utah does win, think about this a minute now. This will be three, potentially, three then-ranked opponents that they've beaten because Florida's now ranked, right, UCLA, and now you have a team in Oregon State that's been formally ranked. That's three teams, and rotating in and out of the top 25, Joe, that you've beaten, we – look – there might not, and especially if Florida beats Kentucky this week, there might not be a better resume in the country better than Utah's. They have, they don't have a, like a signature win. You know, they don't have like the. Well, Joe, let me let me stop. Let me stop you and ask you this: okay. if, if Florida beats Kentucky, that starts becoming a signature win because well, then, then well, Florida well, scoring yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. So what I was trying to say. Is they don't have like a top three win, you know they don't. Oh, they don't have the win that Ohio State has or the one that Florida State has, but they have a collection of multiple strong P five wins over ranked P five teams. That's what's impressive. I'm really curious how this Utah team plays once Cam Rising comes back. And you know what? It's kind of stupid right now. Is Cam Rising's like a He's like a gag right now for for Utah. It's like, oh, is he gonna play? Is he gonna play? Oh no, he's not gonna play. It's like, oh, I call him Old Testament. You know why? Why? Because everybody's waiting for for Utah Jesus to show up. I think if he comes back, this team could be really challenging. But I just, I just don't know when he's coming back. I feel like they're using him as a ploy to mess with opposing teams a little bit and be like, do you need to prepare for Cam Rising? Oh, just kidding. He's not gonna play. And then they're going to do this every single week. And then it'll be like week 10 and they'll find he's never coming back or something along those lines. We'll see, but he's going to need to come back in a game where the team's booty cheeks. And, yeah. you know, Russian well, there's a good point is he's got a he could come back from Cal, right? They've got a buy after the Oregon state game. So I think that that's, that's probably the, the likelihood. Yeah. I mean, he'd have 14 days to get, to get ready. That would be interesting. All right. LSU and old, Miss. <sighs> Joe, since 
2003, the year that LSU won their first national championship in this mini dynasty that I, I somewhat think that they did have, but people don't like to, you know, talk about it because it happened with three different coaches. Okay. Two teams in the SEC have gone on the road back-to-back weeks and won both games. 2019 LSU, 2022 Georgia. LSU's got back-to-back road road games. And statistically, in all those back-to-back road losses or road games, usually the first one's the one that you lose, right? I don't know if that matters because – I know that it it comes off in a different way when I talk about LSU. Brian Kelly has taken some unfair criticism this week, and I'm hearing some things. Can LSU go in reference to about how this team is refocused? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying LSU can go into Oxford and kick somebody's ass. I think it's going to be a hostile environment. It's a two-and-a-half-point spread. This game is historically close when teams are good. Joe, this is the first time in, I think, over 10 years or close to 10 years that this game has two top 20-ranked teams at the same time going up against one another. I don't think it matters because I think Ole Miss, from what I've seen and studying them so far, defensively, their safeties, you can't find them with a search warrant. They are lost at times. I don't think that they have the personnel to guard Brian Thomas Jr., Malik Neighbors, and a guy that we talked about a lot in joking, man, Logan Diggs has gone off in these first couple of weeks. Gone off. And the pass protection has been elite by him. Can But what I don't like, and this is what puts a pit in my stomach as an LSU fan, I don't like Lane Kiffin getting punked at the party, and the next week you got to play him, right? Like he got punked last week against against Alabama. I think he's going to come out guns blazing, and he's going to want to make a point that he is one of the best play callers in the country. With a weak LSU secondary, I do not like that at all because when you – I don't care what the teams are. When you start trading punches in scoring – a.k.a. LSU last week with Arkansas, anybody can win. It comes down to who has the ball last. That's mm-hmm. how it historically comes down to. I think LSU's. it's either going to be Ole Miss upsets them because LSU just doesn't have the personnel in the defense, or I do think LSU can go in there and really take it to them. I really do. I don't so much think that – it's Lane Kiffin who got punked at the party. I think it's Lane Kiffin got exposed that this team is really not that good. For them to look as lifeless as they did against Alabama, a bad Alabama team for their standards. A worse Alabama team in a that game. If you're going to lose that game, it needs to be much closer than it was. And we all watched it. We all saw what happened. I think that if they beat Alabama, I'd be coming in here and I'd be giving you so much shit. I would be coming after you saying that Ole Miss is going to win. But I basically discovered that this team isn't equipped to succeed taking shots downfield because they tried and they failed. The play calling has been too conservative. But why I really think that LSU has a has a handy, a very likely chance here to win this football game is that 
that offensive line for Old Miss has been terrible. They have struggled to protect Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart does a good job of getting the ball off and handling pressure, I think, more than people give him credit for. But they have not protected him well. But most importantly, they can't run the damn ball. And that offense, as much as they have been statistically ranked as a top 15 passing offense, they will succeed because it is a balanced attack. And they yet this season, Quinchon Judkins has yet to explode. He has yet to have those one of those games. He's been hurt. He's been banged up, but like you might even argue that he's been banged up because he's been getting hit so much and he hasn't really been given the rushing lanes to to succeed. That this rushing attack was what was so hard to stop last year, and it's non-existent. And we're starting to see that this offense does not operate the same way when it's not effectively balanced. I think that as much as it is scary, yes, that LSU secondary has not been good up until this point. They're probably going to give up a couple early splash plays where you're going to be saying, God damn, why didn't they cover that guy a little bit better? But I think as this game moves on, as the attrition starts to set in, those defensive linemen that were dominant against Florida State, and now that we've got um, Harold Perkins playing the proper role, they're going to get after those guys. They're going to get after Jackson Dart. They're going to slow down that run game. And I think just like the Alabama game, the second half rolls around and LSU can start to pull away. Might be close in the first half, and then we start to see some separation. Last night on my show, I challenged this LSU front seven. If you can't get after this offensive line, then you have issues. Yep. Right? Like, you have issues. They have not been able to run the ball on Tulane. They couldn't run the ball against Alabama well I don't know if your front seven is better than Alabama because they have studs everywhere but I know for damn sure your front seven is better than Tulane Tulane yeah you know and so one's a company two's a crowd if it happened to them once and it happened to them twice and you can't do it then you have some issues that will be a big thing but last year I'm going to talk about this tonight at nauseam. Last year, Jane Daniels went for almost 400 yards and four scores. He went nuclear in the second half. I think that he has found a stride. I don't worry about them offensively scoring. I think that they could come out maybe a little sluggish early because Jaden is the type of dude that likes to fill it. it. Look, and LSU fans get pissed off about this. He likes to fill a team out, likes to see what they're running, and then once he sees it once, it's like a it's like a boxer in the first or second round, Joe, when he is just feeling things out, you know, and he wants to see, he wants to get his looks. And then once he does, he starts firing the ball down the field. Ole Miss is going to have to find ways to score because I think they're going to have to keep up with LSU. I don't see LSU being in an issue where they can't score points. Let's find out what happens here. But if I'm LSU, I really want to go out here and make a statement because look, even though they won last week, you have everybody in their mama saying that this defense sucks, right? Like everybody's saying that you suck. Brian Kelly is taking some, some very unfair criticism, like today, which I'll talk about this tonight too. Pat Forty on the SEC teleconference was calling in for Brian Kelly asking about, you know the ten, win, the ten player thing and the staff thing. Uh oh, what happened? Oh, nothing. I'm just. What are, why are you giving me that look, dude? I by the way that you just looked, I thought somebody died. No, no, no. no. It's Did just your girlfriend complete... just break up with you. No. Did your girlfriend break up with you? You think my girlfriend would break? By the way, she listens to the show, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it. This is gonna get brought up. Um, 
Okay. You think she would just break up with me over text? You think that 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 I'm? I've never met her. You did. You never let me. You've only let me speak to her once. I. I you've never spoken to her. Wait. Yeah. I remember when y'all were in Boston. Y'all were standing next to each other, and I was like, "Hey." Oh. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah you called me. Okay. Let's get back on topic. No, I got a work-related text, and uh, it sounded more alarming than it was. Do they not know that you're doing something more important? Oh no! See, I get interrupted all the time. I get phone calls. You just don't notice it. I get like. Just so everybody knows, Joe works yeah. for our parent, uh, parent company, Believe. Yeah, I'm a full-time producer. It's funny because like usually the hour leading up to the show, nothing happens, and I have like free time. It's weird. And then as soon as we start, it's like email, 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 text message, text message, phone call, phone call. It's Nobody respects my time, but continue, continue what you were saying. LSU has to go in here and make a statement. And you know what? It doesn't – look – I think personally that this is the toughest two weeks that they have. I Going into Tuscaloosa does not scare me. LSU plays better there. I don't know what it is. I think it's the mm. bye week that they always have there. I mean, Joe, Orsron almost went there in 2020 and beat him. Okay, he almost went there in 2021. Or, I mean, excuse me, he almost went there in 2021 and beat him. Bottom line comes down to this is the toughest two weeks. You're about to find out a lot about your team. And a lot of people think that you're really bad right now. And some people think that you're really good. Ole Miss, here's another thing too. Ole Miss is not out of this race. Because I don't think Alabama is going to win two more SEC Or I do think they're going to lose two SEC games. Like, I, I really yeah. do. I don't think Ole Miss is out of this at all. If there is a – look, if I'm Lane, Joe, I know that he's got Weiss calling plays. I'm taking the play card. Like, and listen, I asked Stephen Willis this last night, uh, our good buddy over at Locked On Ole Miss. Buddy, people starting to chirp out there in Ole Miss because of what happened with Auburn last year, Lane kind of saying he wanted the job, and then it all kind of got blown up. The honeymoon period is over. Yeah. They're starting to chirp a little bit on him too. Yeah, I, I look, I think you're a little more optimistic on Ole Miss than I am. I think they're a little bit better than Kentucky. But I think it has been one – as we all know and understand, the AP poll is kind of a joke because a lot of times these voters, they look, they're like, oh, there's an undefeated SEC team. I'm going to throw them on the back end of it. And I, them and Kentucky have benefited from that over the past couple of weeks. And they didn't get taken off because they lost to a ranked Alabama team. I think that this is a four-loss, maybe even five-loss Ooh, Ole Miss spicy. team. I think that they're fine. I just there's too many deficiencies, and you're not going to win in college football with a bad offensive line. It's just not going to happen. Yes, is there a path for them to to maybe beat LSU like we're talking about here? There definitely is a path for it. You have to pick up a lot of splash plays. Your receivers need to make big plays. You've got to run the football. But I think that from what we saw last week, it's more likely than not that you're you're not going to accomplish that. If you couldn't freaking outscore Jalen Milrow, who threw a pick in the red zone on one of the worst throws that I've seen all season long, and you can't – a team that, that blocked one of your punts and didn't score on that drive, the fact that you didn't beat that freaking team or at least keep it within three points is goddamn pathetic. We said that. They under have underwhelmed so much, and I'm disappointed that they have. Yeah, look, I do think that Ole Miss does have a path defensively. I don't think it is, Joe. They're not in the top 50. I'm looking for them now. I can't They find. don't do anything exceptionally well except for throw the ball because they have to. 
they're forced to throw the ball as much as they are. No, and most of their rushing production comes from Jackson Dart. That's the that's the that's weirdest scary, part about that's all. That's the scary part if you're them. They got to get Quinchon involved. And look, Joe, I would throw them the ball out in the flat a little bit. You know, let him get some touches. But look, I think that I do think that, that look that game's at night. I I just don't like it. I, I don't I, like. I got that feeling inside mm-hmm. my bones. Okay, as Bruno Mars would say. All right, you want to get to our, you want to get to our picks. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here are our picks from the week. This segment, every single week, is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Use the code Rafino Joe for fifteen percent off. Oh, I ordered two shirts to, today. By the way, I ordered. Wait, see, let's see if you can guess really quick what brands I what uh, what schools I ordered gear for. All right, let me let me think two about shirts. this. Let me think about this. This is Notre so Dame. easy to guess. Notre no, Dame. No, I didn't order any Notre Dame stuff because they they're sending. We're we're getting a. a I'm getting a Notre Dame shirt already. When we okay. When we uh, let got me think. Let me set think. up with them. Are they in the Are they in the FCS? One of them's FCS. One of them is Big Ten. Idaho. Yes. All right, that's one. I got one. You can guess this big. You can guess this Big Ten one. I know you can. Come on, man. You know this. Hold on. Hold on. Let me think. I won't give any hints. Rutgers. Rutgers. Yep, I ordered a Rutgers shirt. <laughs> See, I know you better than some – you know, I know you better than you think. I'm All predictable. Right, so, Let's go. Yeah, you're very predictable. <laughs> All right, here are our picks for the week. So, we got – here are the eight games if you're on audio and you can't see this. Notre Dame and Duke, Texas and Kansas, LSU, Ole Miss, Oregon State, Utah – South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Florida, Colorado, and USC, and Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Joe, we talked about Notre Dame. We talked about LSU, Ole Miss, Oregon State, and Utah. We agree on all of those other than I'm going with Oregon State and you're going with Utah there. Uh, Texas and Kansas, we talked about that one as well. Yeah. We're both leaning Texas pretty heavy here, correct? Yeah, leaning Texas, but I really do think that Kansas is going to cover. I'm actually – really really shocked by uh how many texas fans think that 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 game is gonna be a blowout i was really entertained there was actually one comment that was really funny that somebody was like uh what texas fans or something like that think that this game is going to be close and then the the comment right before it was like this game is going to be really close i'm a texas fan (laughs) uh but yeah i think that it's going to be i think it's going to be like a seven point game not 17. We will we will see that one. I do think that Kansas can cover, but you know, look, Joe, Texas has a lot, a lot, a lot of dudes. Let's see if mm-hmm. Kansas is ready for it. Here's an interesting one: the Max Johnson regime continues in Aggieland, Texas A&M, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. We're both going TAMU here. I like Max. I think Max can play a little bit. Yeah, after the Miami loss, they've regained their footing. It sucks that Weigman's out, but Max Johnson's always been a guy who steps in. And look, we were just talking about his eligibility, and I, I didn't realize he was that young. But this is probably his last year at Texas A&M. He's now got an opportunity to prove himself, and I think that him and Petrino could click a little bit. I don't think Arkansas is very good. I know that last week was close, but I just I don't think they're very good. Arkansas's desperate, man. And last year, you remember last year's game when KJ fumbled at the one yard line and Texas A&M? This is one of yeah. Texas A&M's wins. 
Arkansas does not – this game's in Arlington too. Texas, uh, look, Arkansas does not win this game historically. They just don't. No. I mean, the worst Texas A&M team, they still lost to it. By the way, they couldn't beat them when they won nine games. Well, they did win beat them that year. But I don't know, man. I I'm think – look, a Yeah, I think A&M's going to be a little too much for them. That's how yeah. I see that one too. Um, Colorado USC. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted. It was fun while it lasted. You don't give Dion any chance here whatsoever. Okay. So this is one thing that I've heard on a couple shows this week that I really think is a really good point. This only really happens if you're Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, when they're, when they're good. Those teams will always get an opponent's best performance. Colorado's roster is not built like those top five teams. And every single week, teams are pissed off. They're going to come in here trying to prove a point, and they're going to give their best. I mean, we saw it against Colorado State. We saw it kind of against – actually, no, we didn't see that for Nebraska. But Oregon – absolutely did that i i would would not be surprised if this is not a similar yeah i i wouldn't be surprised either if it's an outright blowout uh and usc's coming off a bye week right like oh no they're not they played arizona coming off arizona state yeah well well, but they played really sloppy so you think that they're not going to show up i watched that game too i don't know what i'm talking about because drew pine got hit really bad they had an interception That game was a little closer than – Caleb Williams did not have a good game either. Mm-mm. Not in the mm-hmm. first three quarters at least. All right, we're both going – look, I just want Dion to win. I want the chaos to come back and the casuals to leave. After the first loss, I think the casuals go away. So yeah. we'll, I, I will say this. I am rooting for Colorado because if Colorado wins, then we can stop talking about Taylor Swift and we can go back to talking about Deion Sanders in Colorado. What's worse, Taylor Swift convo with Kelsey or without a doubt Kevin, that the Kevin James thing on Twitter? The Kevin James thing is hilarious. The the Taylor Swift thing sucks. I can't. I'm so over it. I don't. I was over it before it even started. I don't. I don't need to hear any more about it. Hey man, they're they're in love. Okay, cool. I don't care. It's all everyone is talking about. It's I know not it, football. Yeah, it's it's gotten a little. Uh, chaotic that's to say the least here's an interesting one i can't believe that you did it now i tweeted you about this game last night and i was just kind of semi joking but semi not kentucky and florida Mm. i can't believe you because you hate graham mertz so much i cannot believe that you took florida over kentucky yeah but bias doesn't sway my opinion that's what's very that's what a very big misconception is from New listeners, current listeners, I will make decisions based on who I think the better team is. And look, Kentucky has been extremely overrated. Sure, they're 4-0, and but they have just very lightly beat everyone that they've played. I was impressed by Florida against Tennessee. I think that that version of Florida shows up. Here's the interesting thing about this. Florida's style of play is literally what Kentucky wants you to do. It's how Mark Stoops' defense are built. They want you to run the ball, make it be a a, a grudge match. They don't like the high-flying stuff. That being said, 
I just don't think they're any good. I mean, I saw teams this year, wasn't it? Eastern Kentucky or somebody, like it was really close. Really close. Eastern Kentucky's not good this year. They were, they're not even ranked in the FCS poll. So I look, man, when you struggle with FCS teams, you know, now it would have been different if they would have blown them out in the second half, but they didn't. They didn't. So 28. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean. I, I do feel bad for it. Devin Leary can really make a name for himself in this game, though. He's kind of been, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's kind of been, you know, meh. You know how girls send you the meh text when you're dating? They don't send it to you when you're married. They just tell you what they think. The one good thing. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, well, nah, but give me, give me Florida. Florida. All right, give me Florida, too. South Carolina and Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee. You're going South Carolina. I don't think that October's not here yet, man. That game's it's almost October. I can feel it. I can feel the resurrection of October and the continued exposure of Tennessee. Oh my God! Give me the cocks. I'm a big cock guy. Pause. You can't say pause when I'm doing it deliberately. I I just. I don't get it with you. I don't get it with all that crap that you talked about South Carolina, and now you're just taking them to win. I one month out of the year, I am the biggest South Carolina fan in the country, and it's a day away from Cocktober, so I'm in on the cocks. And then as well, soon as the month ends, you know I'm back you know out again. Worse than you know what's worse than Taylor Swift? Cocktober? You and Cocktober. That is. I don't care. I love Cocktober. It is the best month out of the year. Oh Lord, Tennessee! Look, uh, Leggett is out. I think is yeah. how he stays less. You know, Leggett is out. I think Tennessee's about to start rolling a little. Think they're about to start rolling a little. Get get ready. Here comes Josh Heupel. So we'll find out. That is our picks. We'll see you guys again Sunday. We need to do something on you know like Fridays, but everybody, you know, we can't do that. You know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. Figure it out. We'll figure it out. See you guys later. Peace.